All right. Good morning, everybody. I said, good morning, everybody. Everybody awake? Are we alive today in Avon Lake? Okay. Just checking. Listen, if you're not, if you're not awake, if you're not alive, I'm going to come jump on a chair right next to you on some Tom Cruise stuff. I'll act a fool in here. I will wake y'all up. <laughs> hey, we have a couple of announcements today. Uh, if you didn't know, this week we are doing a summer lunch program at Timberlake in Avon every single day this week, Monday through Friday. So if you would like to be a part of that, the volunteers sign up, text the word groovy to 440-493-1313. That's a fun way to do it. Um, Volunteering sounds fun when you say groovy, right? (laughs) It's like, groovy, this is going to be great. I get to go serve a bunch of little kids lunch, right? And minister and do kids church. It's going to be a good time. Um, I'll be there every single day. It'll be very exciting, a good time. Um, Yeah, so volunteer. The next thing is our DSM retreat. So if you were in 7th through 12th grade in this room or you have a 7th through 12th grader, make sure you register for the DSM retreat. If you have the slide, that would be great. If you don't, we can work on that and I can get get it to you afterwards. Um, but it's very simple. We have a QR code. We have a link. You can register your student. If you have any questions, please ask me. Um, yeah, and then download our app, as always. And the baptism. July 30th, we have our water baptism. So make sure that you are registered for that. If you want to get baptized, that's the number to text. If you've already been baptized, you want to do it again, awesome. Great time to do it. Get in that dirty lake water. It'll be beautiful. (laughs) You might come out with an extra limb or another ear right here, something like that. It's okay. You'll be Spider-Man. but no, God's going to anoint it, so it'll be holy water at that, that day. It'll be holy water. Amen? If you know somebody that would like to get baptized, get them in on this. It's going to be an amazing time. And even if you aren't getting baptized, get to this um, beach, uh, Huntington Beach, at 3 o'clock that Sunday, because it's going to be a powerful time of ministry. We're going to have a full band out there. We're going to worship. There's going to be ministry going on, people receiving prayer, people getting baptized. So it is going to be something you truly do not want to miss. Okay? Okay, so welcome to Church on the North Coast again. I didn't introduce myself. My name is Jeremiah. I'm actually our youth and young adults pastor here at the church. So I do DSM, Discovery Student Ministries. That's our youth ministry every single Thursday. So I go every Thursday. It's at our Cleveland campus. We have 7th through 12th graders. We have about 70 kids coming consistently now. It's a beautiful time. It's an amazing time for them to just hang out with other people that love Jesus, not hit vape pens and watch porn and drink and do all the other stuff they do when you're not paying attention. And all of that fun stuff, if you don't think your kids are doing that, you're terribly wrong. I'm sorry. They are. Um, but yeah, get your kid there. It's really important to get your kid there. And I'm going to continue to harp on that my entire message. So sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm a youth and young adult pastor, and we actually have, like I said, our youth retreat coming up. And I just want to say thank you personally as a representative of that ministry for allowing that to continue to happen. You know, we are able to send kids that cannot afford to go every single summer, every single winter Then when we have a retreat. We don't turn kids away. We're able to do payment plans. We're able to do reduced pricing. We're able to do all of these things because of your faithful giving. We have a bill that's due when you sign the contract, they're like, yeah, we need four grand. You can ask Megan. 
They're like, give us $4,000 right now. And I'm like, well, and Megan's like, well, how many kids do you have signed up that paid? And I'm like, uh, one. <laughs> they're like, well, how many kids are signed up? I'm like, oh, 55. I'm like, okay, well, they all signed up, but we only have $250 to put towards this $4,000 payment. So having you guys do that, having you guys give every single week, having your faithful giving every single week, it truly makes an impact. So personally, I want to say thank you. So today, as we get ready to receive our tithe and offering, I just want to share a quick verse. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Everybody say, a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when you are happy to serve his kingdom, when you are happy to give towards it, when you're like, man, this is exciting. And it says you should decide in your heart what to give. How many know where your heart is, is where your actions follow, right? You don't do things that your heart's not in. You don't give to something that your heart's not in. And so do it based on what's in your heart. Don't do it because of compulsion. Don't do it reluctantly like, oh, man, I'm a take a couple dollars out and give towards the retreat because Jeremiah is in front of me, so I got to at least give 20. You know what I mean? No, don't do that. Don't give it reluctantly. Don't give it under compulsion. I'm not up here to convince you to do what you're supposed to do for God. Not because, oh, wow, that's a great message, or, oh, my gosh, that was amazing worship. I need to give now. No, no, no. Give what's in your heart. Give because your heart is in this and you believe it. And you believe that it's going to do something big. You believe and you know in your heart that it's going to go forward and move. Amen? All right, so ways to give are on the screen. Don't need that anymore. And we're going to pray over our offering. So if you'd like to hold it up, this is the most awkward time of church for me because I never hold anything up. I'll, I give, I have a recurring giving set up. And so whenever this time comes around, that like hold it up. And I'm just like... <laughs> Pretend there's $10,000 in your hand and hold it up. All right. (laughs) God, we're going to bless this offering right now. Jesus, thank you for being here today. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to partner with you, God, to partner with heaven and become your hands and feet. I just pray that this seed will be planted, Lord, and that it will bear great fruit, fruit that we can never imagine, fruit that will expand across this region and change it, God fruit that will change this nation, fruit that will change the generations to come, God, and will leave a legacy that will last, Father, a legacy filled with Christians that love you and that are continuing to spread your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So you can go ahead and get ready to give. Baskets are coming around. Does anybody even have cash anymore? Some people, some people do check. Okay, hey, I love it. Somebody gave me cash. (laughs) <laughs> like as a gift, and I had like $100, and so I keep it. I can't tell you where I keep it because you're going to try to steal it. But I keep it in a, a secret spot, and it just like slowly breaks lower and lower and lower. It's like once you break that 100 it turns to like $3 really fast. So I've, I've been keeping this little spot, and I always put the change back, and it's down to like $4 now for real. But it's, I don't know, nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. Hey, I want to quickly just say this, and I want to challenge you. So... The first thing I want to challenge you with today, this has nothing to do with my message. You can go ahead and throw the title up if you want. But the first thing I want to challenge you with today, shout out to the cash. We're going to go to the first one. The first one that says, do not worry. Yeah, that one. Um, The first thing I want to challenge you with today is to change the way we speak 
and change the way we think. The world programs us to think a certain way. It definitely programs us to speak a certain way. And the first thing I want to challenge you with today is to stop disregarding what Jesus already paid for on the cross. This is something that I personally have to deal with. This is something that all of you I know for a fact have to deal with. But I want to challenge you to speak life. It's hard. It really is. And you you may be sitting there thinking, like, I speak life all the time. No, you don't. Listen, when you go throughout your day and you speak over yourself, the words that you say, are they negative? Are they positive? Do you go around saying, I'm so dumb? You know how hard it is when you make a mistake not to say, wow, I'm so stupid. We all do that, right? I'm so dumb. How could I forget my car keys over there? How could I forget my iPad over there? How could I? We talk like that to ourselves all day long. We look at ourselves in the mirror and say, oh, I'm so ugly. This is so bad. This is nasty. Why do I have that? Why is this? We cover ourselves in so much darkness. And one of the things I really have been trying to do, and I've gotten a lot better at it, but we identify with lies from hell. We say, I'm sick. I'm depressed. I'm insecure. I'm, 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 I'm. And if we don't say I'm, we say my. My cancer. My depression. We hold on to it. We call it ours. And I want to challenge you today, before we even get started, this has nothing to do with my message, by the way. Before we even get started, (laughs) I want to challenge you to stop claiming those things over yourself. Stop saying it. You can sit there and be like, I'm feeling sad. That's fine. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling like this. But the problem is, is that in our world, we turn our feelings into who we are, and it becomes this over-identifier, and we have people going to therapy claiming trauma over hurt feelings. And they hold on to it, and they make that their entire identity. They find their dignity in it, and they walk around saying, I'm somebody who suffers from depression. My depression, my insecurity, my anxiety, it holds me back from doing anything. It holds me back from moving forward. It holds me back from doing this, and it's justified because it's me that's mine. So I want to challenge you. Catch yourself. Catch yourself and speak life. It's not easy to do. I do it all the time. I'll wake up and I'm not feeling well. I'm like, I'm sick. No, no, no. Reprogram. I'm not sick. I'm not feeling well. But I am a child of God. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. He has already paid for everything on that cross. You can clap. <laughs> This isn't quiet, church. It may be sometimes, but not today. So that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Just I'm challenging you with that. Challenging you with that, I want you to think about it, really ponder it, really challenge yourself. It's hard. I've caught myself many times. I talk about it in DSM all the time. My students will be like, did you just say you're sick? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I just said I'm having a bad day. <laughs> so today we're actually going to talk about worry. This is something that we all deal with as well. Worry is something that can truly, truly hold you down, keep you in bondage, and stop you from being who God wants you to be. Something that can completely lock us up. And so today, our goal is to 
Eliminate the hold of worry and fear on our life. Eliminate the worry, oh, the hold of worry and fear on our life. You know, worry is an attempt from hell to control you. To control you. To control the way you think. To control the way you act. If I can get you to worry about something, I can get you to completely change your trajectory. Because if you're worried about it, it's the principle of the path. What you pay attention to is the direction you're going to, and that's the destination you're going to end up in. So if I can get you to worry about this negative thing, you're going to start moving in that direction, and you're going to end in that destination of that negative thing that you were trying to avoid, but because you paid so much attention to it, you ended up in this destination, and where you intended to be was all the way over there, but you end up all the way over here, and you look over there, and you say, man, how did I fall into this addiction? How did I fall into this terrible relationship? Why are my kids like this? Why is my marriage trash? Why am I horrible? Why am I not healthy? Why? All of these things. Because you worried. All because you worried. And maybe you're sitting here, you're like, oh, I don't worry about anything. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm confident. I go out. I know my worth. I know my job. I know what I got. I got this thing going on. I'm not worried. You guys are some liars. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I live in this community, and I went to Costco two years ago. For all you unworried people... The chaos that was ensuing over toilet paper down that street. Let me tell you something. Y'all be worried. Don't sit here and act like you wasn't fighting over that 400-pack ply toilet paper. You don't need that many. I go to Costco like once a year and fill up with everything I need. So don't sit here and act like you ain't worried. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's proof. I know it's proof. You don't got to tell me. I know you worry. So what are you worried about today? Think about it. I want everybody to close your eyes for a second and just think about it. What are you worried about today? You worried about your finances? Worried you're not being a good parent? Worried you're not where you're supposed to be in life? What are you worried about today? Jesus, as we get into this message, I just ask that you will fill our hearts and our minds, God. Open our hearts to what you want to say, Father. Open our minds and give us clarity, give us direction. Lord, take the worry out of our hearts. Help us to look at you and you alone. Allow your words to be spoken right now, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the problem with worry is it causes us to walk in bondage. It causes us to walk in bondage, and it makes us do things that we're not supposed to be doing. It makes us do three things. The first one that I want to talk about that worry has us doing is planning for the worst. Planning for the worst. Man, how many people in here can relate to going, waking up, or maybe you're going to bed and thinking about all the things that you have to get done every single day. All the things that you have to go through, all the things that you have to work on, and you sitting there, you're like, man, this is going to be terrible. Oh, man, I got to work really hard on this project. Or, oh, man, I got to really go through it this week because I got a lot of stuff on the table. How am I going to manage all of these things? And what do we do? We plan for the worst. 
I'm going to be so tired. I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to be so this. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, right? Speaking death again over the, over the future. We do that. We say, man, I'm planning for the worst. You know, this week for me is going to be super hard. I know it is. Personally, this is real too. I don't, I don't ever preach anything I don't go through. This is something I struggle with. I have a tough week ahead of me. We have the summer lunch thing every single day. And Joshua Kids on Saturday. And I'm preaching four times this week. And tomorrow is the anniversary of my closest friend dying. And my dog being killed. It's a horrible week for me. It should be. But in right now, in Jesus' name, I'm speaking life over it. This week is going to be amazing. Every single message that I preach will touch hearts and change lives. The time I spend with these kids is going to be awesome. Every single day that I get an opportunity to wake up and show a reflection of his word is an opportunity for me to glorify God, and I thank you for it. Stop planning for the worst. The next thing we do is we shadow box. Bow, bow, bow. We fighting somebody that's not there. Fighting an enemy. Anybody over here swinging at something that's not there? We do that, though. We plan for the worst, and then we shadow box. We fight against something that's not even there. Create problems in our mind. How many of us have gone into a situation where you know you have to have a tough conversation, and you send all your little um, attorneys and lawyers in your head to like collect data on the person that you're about to have a conversation with, and you're like, okay, well, if they say this, we're going to come back with this. If they say that, then we're going to return with this. You get your little criminal masterminds in there working, putting file cabinets together in your head. <laughs> That's not just me, right? Okay. <laughs> it's real. That's real. You go into these conversations, you go into these moments, you're like, man, if they try to come at me with this, I'm going to be ready. Because I remember back in the day when they did this and they said that and they did that. I'll be ready for this fight. Right? Again, planning for the worst. Like, man, okay, well, the worst they could say is no. So if they say yes, it'll be good. We plan for the absolute worst. And we shadow box. We fight an enemy that's not there. We're swinging, we're punching as hard as we can, fighting something that we don't have to be worried about. I don't know about y'all, but I'm like horrible with scary movies. I'm like the biggest, and I know I'm big, but like, <laughs> I'm the worst with scary movies. You put a scary movie on, and I'm like, I'm out of here. And it's not even the scary stuff that you think is scary. My scary movies are different. <laughs> so y'all might be in like the horror thing. The horror stuff doesn't really scare me like that, but there's this movie Maybe some of you have seen it. It's called The Invisible Man. Anybody see The Invisible Man? Ooh, no, no, no. No, sir. The Invisible Man comes on and, and this man is out. I'm not watching. Bruh. That movie is from hell. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That movie is scary. Some of y'all are like, it's not even that scary. It really wasn't for some people. But for me, whoo. I remember I had to move my car in the driveway after I watched it. <laughs> I walked out there, creeped out to my car, opened the door and got in, looking around. He's invisible, so I couldn't see him. And so I'm like, he could be anywhere. <laughs> he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere. And I sat in my car, and I looked in the rear view. I was like, is anything moving back there? And then I reached back. <laughs> okay, I 
can put my car back, got back up to my room, was going like this. I can lay down. Okay, he's not there. (laughs) But that's what we look like. That's what we look like. We're reaching and we're searching and we're fighting to be afraid of something that's not even there. You know how many times I've had tough conversations where if I went in thinking the best and I went in and said, God, I put you first in this. Let your words be my words. How simple it goes. It's not even hard. Most of the time, there's nothing even there. Nothing to be afraid of. I had a tough conversation on Friday with Megan and Pastor Troy. I was like, man, I had to tell them we have one kid signed up that has paid for the retreat, and we owe this amount of money. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay. Well, if they get mad, then I'm going to say this, 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 this. this. I'm going to give all these reasons. We've had like four successful retreats. They always come through and pay. The people are going to give. We're going to fundraise. It's going to be okay. I was ready. Had my little lawyers and attorneys working. Walked in there, told them, he said, no problem. There's no reason to fight. There's no reason to sit there and struggle and be afraid and be nervous and put all this stuff together in our head. It's taking so much energy. It's taking so much attention, taking all of our focus and putting us in the direction that we don't want to go in. If you live that way, if you live worried, how am I going to get through it? Who's going to take care of me? What's going to happen? How are these people going to turn out that I'm responsible for? If you live that way, you're putting yourself on a path to the worst. When all you have to do is speak life and pay attention to his word and what it says, and you can end up exactly where you want to be. It's easy. It's easy. And on that note, the last thing it has us doing, when we talk about it, we're planning for the worst, we're shadow boxing, we're striking out, we're swinging and we're missing. We're swinging and we're missing. Megan, I just talked about you. (laughs) We're swinging and we're missing. How much does God want to use you? How many times has God wanted to put something on your heart for somebody and put you in a direction to use you in a great way, but you missed it because you were focused on shadow boxing somebody? Because you were focused on worrying. We're missing what he has for us. He has so much that he wants to do with each and every person in this room Each and every one of you has a purpose. Each and every one of you has an influence over people that I will never see and never talk to. Every single one of you, you work with them, you live with them, you go to holiday events with them. He wants to use you in their lives. But if you're worried, if you're bearing down by all this worry, all this anger, all this stress, all this anxiety, you can't be used for those people that need you. What have you missed? Where have you struck out this week? You were just at July 4th, I'm sure, with a million people. Where did you strike out? Who was the family member that needed you to pour into them? Who's the work friend that's always talking about the hell they're going through? Stop striking out. So how do we stop worrying? How do we eliminate worry? The solution, super fun. Turn our worry into worship. Everybody say worry into worship. We're going to turn our worry into worship. And the way that we do that, I have three steps for you. The first one is have faith. Have faith. Run to him first. In Mark 4, we, talk, we see Jesus and the disciples 
they just got done preaching. They're on the shore, and they say, okay, let's go to the other side and preach, this big, huge lake. And as they go to cross it, a storm hits. Starts, and it says there's a, there was a couple boats out there with them. It says the storm is shaking the boat back and forth, going crazy, about to crash. They're about to drown. And they said Jesus is up in the front taking a nice little Jesus nap and unbothered, right? He says on a cushion. I bet you that cushion was nice. You know, Jesus got... The, <laughs> Jesus probably had the good pillows, the sleep number ones. I love those things. So Jesus was up there taking a good nap. The disciples are losing their freaking minds. Like, they're going crazy. We're worried. We're going to die. We're going to drown. We got the Lord and Savior up here. He's going to drown. Like, we're going to be the ones responsible for it. They're freaking out. Worried. And finally, after all the freak out session, they go and they wake Jesus up. And he stands up and he tells the storm to be quiet. And the disciples are awestruck. They said, oh, my gosh. Who is this that the waves and wind obey his name, obey his command? And Jesus says, do you not have faith? He said, I've been with you through all of these things. I've been with you through the ups and downs. You've seen me do miracles. These are disciples that have seen him do miracles. And they didn't think he could stop a storm. But he stood up in the the midst of it and said, peace be still, shalom. And church, that is what Jesus is going to do for you. If you run to him first, if you run to him first in all things, especially when you're worried, he will stand up in the middle of your storm and say, peace be still. Not to your podcast, not to your spouse, not to your best friend, not to your wine, not to your little adult vape pen, not to, y'all do it too, not to your porn, not to your whatever it is that you think is the thing you need to do, not to your toxic relationships. This is what we have to do. This is how we turn worry into worship. We run to Jesus and say, I need you to stand up in the middle of this so I can stop worrying and build my faith right now and tell this storm it has to sit down. We have to do that. That's the posture we have to take. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With everything, with prayer and supplication, let it... Stop worrying. And it says right here, with thanksgiving, stop getting upset. You don't need to get upset. Don't even let it waste your time trying to make you feel upset. Stop letting it waste your time. You're wasting time being upset. When you start to feel those feelings like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how this is going to work out. Stop. Catch yourself. Reprogramming. Right now, with thanksgiving, God, I know you got this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. I skipped this verse earlier, but in 2 Timothy 1.7, this is my little brother Masi's favorite verse in the Bible. If you ever see him running around, you can run up to him and start the verse out for him. You say, for God has not given me, and he'll tell you. <laughs> he'll say, a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He'll tell you. Because he gets scared at night. He says, I don't want to go to bed. It's scary. Like, God has not given me a spirit of fear, 
but of power and love and a sound mind. Speak that over yourself. The next time you get nervous, the next time you get scared, and it's okay to feel those things. We have feelings, we have emotions. It's okay to feel those things. God gave us those things for a reason. We can connect with people because we understand how things feel. I was up here and told you I've never felt sad before, but you shouldn't feel sad. Like, I don't listen to me. We feel those things. They're real. But we have to understand that when we get afraid, when we get scared, when we start to worry, God is not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He already paid for my peace on the cross. I won't disregard it. I'm going to speak life. You don't have to scream it. Maybe you can't scream it. If you can, great. Stand up and say it. Maybe it's hard in those moments. Just whisper it. God has not given me a spirit of fear. If that's what you have to do, do it. But speak that life over yourself. Speak his word over yourself. I'm going to give you guys some vegetables with this next one. I'm sorry. Well, we're getting rid of worry, though. That's the, that's the fun part. We are getting rid of worry. This is a beautiful thing. It's happy, right? <laughs> but at this point, it's a little tough. Because as humans, especially humans that live in a fallen world, this is something we struggle with. But the next one is get off the throne. Get off the throne. Stop trying to control everything. Woo! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You guys want vegetables real quick? Is that okay? Listen, I, tell, I said this last week. I say it all the time in DSM, but at, at Valley View too. I said, listen, I can do cake and ice cream sometimes, but not today. So cake and ice cream is not on the menu for this point. This is the real. Get off the throne. You are not God. You cannot control anything. Nothing. You can't control where your kids end up. You can't control where your relationships end up. You can't control where you're going to end up. The only thing you can do is rely upon him. That's it. There's not enough self-help books that you can read. There's not enough yoga classes. There's not enough CrossFit classes. There's not enough anything you can do to control what's going to happen. I said that because Aunt Rachel will be kicking my butt at CrossFit. But it's what we do as humans. We try to control things because we find security in it. If we can think that we have control over something, there's safety in that. There's a knowing in that. We understand that. There's comfort found in it. That's why we over-identify with these negative things, because I understand my depression, because I go to therapy for it every single day. And so since I understand it, I can identify it and find dignity in it, and I can control it because it's mine, and it's who I am. And so it gives me control, and so I understand, so I'm going to hold on to it as tight as I possibly can and walk around with it because I have control of it. It's mine. I can't trust in God. I don't know if he's actually going to take care of me. I'm going to stay in this bad relationship because I don't know if he's going to take care of me. I'm going to be my kid's best friend and let them do whatever they want. I'm not going to make them go to DSM. I'd rather pay for depression pills and send them to T3. I can control that. I understand that. I'm not going to say, no, go and find out who God is and find out who you are. I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to put up with anything beneath who I've been called to be. 
I'm going to turn away from those things. I'm going to turn away from those momentary pleasures because I want sustainable joy. And I trust God to give it to me. It's hard. It's a simple, hard decision. I'm not holding on to it. I'm going to get off the throne. And I'll exalt the one who sits on it. Who's supposed to be on the throne of my heart. Stop sitting in this chair. That's not your chair. And when you try to make it your chair, you go through these struggles, you go through these bondage, and you end up so stuck trying to do something you ain't have to do. Imagine going to work. I know none of y'all do this. Going to work and doing somebody else's job for them. I know you wouldn't do that, right? In the real world, we'd never do that. Like, oh, look at the cleaning man over there. Let me just grab his broom and... Oh, they have a ton of paperwork. Let me just grab it for them and file all that. That's no problem. I'll just do their work too. We have no problem ignoring that. But we have to do the same thing when it comes to God and say, you are the Lord of my life. Have your way. I trust in you. I trust in what this word says and what this word says alone. I'm not looking to be in control. It's not my mind's not right. I know it's not. I'm not good. My mind and my heart and my spirit tell me to do a lot of bad stuff. I don't want to be controlled by that. I want to be controlled by you. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through me who strengthens me. Not through YouTube preacher who strengthens me. Not through self-help book that strengthens me. Not through podcast man who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Rely on his strength. I want to read you Matthew 6.25. It says, do not worry. This is Jesus speaking. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what will you wear? Is Is life not more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Right? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? (laughs) This is good. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Why are we worried? Look at the birds. They're not out here starting businesses, 
making sure they get to work, making sure their kids are in every single possible sporting, acting, musical event they can possibly be a part of. But God takes care of them. Look at the flowers of the field. He makes them so beautiful. You shouldn't only be worried about getting money. You shouldn't be worried about financial security. Oh my gosh, who's going to take care of me? Am I going to take care of myself? Is this relationship going to take care of me? Is this what I need? Is that house what I need? I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I should have that house. I should be at this kind of family. I should be doing this. Does he not take care of the flowers and dress them beautifully? How much more? We don't have to worry about it. Let tomorrow worry about itself. And the final way to turn worry into worship is to root yourself in him. We have to root ourselves in him. His word has to become the greatest influence in our life. His word has to become the greatest influence in our lives. Everybody say, his word has to be the greatest influence in my life. His word. The one that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am healed and I am whole. I have the mind of Christ. His word has to be the greatest influence in your life. Not some pastor. Not some church. Not somebody you watch. You have to find complete comfort and solace in him and him alone. That's it. Simple as that. And what happens when you do, you get the perspective of heaven. Because the world will throw things at you. The world will put things in your path. The world will put things in front of you that are going to look like skyscrapers. They're going to look like mountains. They're going to look like things that you can't overcome. And it'll try to keep you worried and keep you in the place where the devil wants you to be. Which is useless. And unless we have his word as the greatest influence of our life. Then we'll never see with the perspective of heaven. When his word is the greatest influence in my life, I can say, this looks like a mountain. This looks like a skyscraper. This looks like an unbreakable situation. This looks like something I can't get through. I have to listen to the world. I have to listen to this person telling me. I have to listen to what everybody else in my neighborhood is doing and what culture says is okay. I need to run to Costco and buy up all the toilet paper because they say everybody's going to die. So buying toilet paper is like the most important thing in the world. But when you have the perspective of heaven, you look down at those mountains. You look down at those skyscrapers. You look down at those people. They look like little ants. Has anybody ever been in an airplane before flying over a city? It looks like little toy cars, little toy buildings. But his word has to be the greatest influence in our life for that to happen. His word has to be the greatest influence in our life for that to happen. To live with the perspective of heaven, you have to be rooted in him. You have to be committed. You can't put other gods before him. You can't put baseball before him. You can't put your, what y'all drinking here, white claw before him. You can't put that before him. It has to be him first. I'm having a bad day, him first. Don't run to that thing for instant gratification. Go for the sustainable joy. 
Put your self-help book down. Pick the Bible up. Get some verses in your heart. Stop making excuses for your kid not being at DSM. Pick the Bible up. There's no reason. What's more important? So today, I want everybody to just stand to your feet for a second. And you can put my last verse up there. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. I want everybody to say that last part together. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Say it one more time. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Cast your burdens upon him. He won't allow you to be shaken. Stop holding on to things. Stop sitting on the throne of your life. That's where he belongs. That's not your chair. It's like when you go into the classroom and you sit in somebody else's seat. That's not my, that's your, you sit over there. You don't sit there. Get off the throne. Root yourself in him. Stop shadow boxing. (laughs) Stop fighting enemies that are not there. Striking out and missing. Covering yourself with death. Speak life. You have an almighty God who created the universe that loves you and cares about you. What a privilege that is. Think about it. Think about the weight of that privilege that we have. Not only do we have him that loves us, but we have access to him in the Holy Spirit and his word. We have access. You're VIPs. You got an all access pass. You don't have to pay for it. wake up and read your word and find out what he's saying to you find out what he's speaking over you it's beautiful it's nothing like it there's nothing man-made that can compare to it you have it and all you have to do is cast your burden upon the lord he will sustain you he won't allow the righteous to be shaken so what i want us to do in this moment Maybe we can turn the lights down for a second. But maybe if you're in here today. How you want to do this, God? Okay, everybody close your eyes. So if that's you today, if you've been letting worry hold on to you a little bit too tight, Or he's been causing you to plan for the worst. If it's had you shadow boxing, if it's had you striking out, missing your opportunities for what God wants to do with you, we're going to have the opportunity today. We're going to cast our burdens upon the Lord and say, God, less of me and more of you. So right now, what I want us to do is just raise our hands. If that's you, raise both hands up. Completely surrender it right now. Say, God, I'm done worrying. I'm done holding on to this. I'm done letting worry control me. 
I'm done letting worry get into my head, get into my heart. I'm not holding on to these things. It's not by my strength, but your strength alone. I can do all things through you who strengthens me, Father. I have the mind of Christ. I am healed, Lord. You paid for it on the cross. I am what you say about me. I am what your word says about me. I am not what this world says about me, God. I am not worried about what others think. I'm not worried about what others have to say. I am here for you and you alone. I am letting it go right now. Worry will not control me. Worry has no place in my heart. Worry has no place in my family. Worry has no place in this city, God. Worry has no place in my workplace, Father. Worry has no place in the generations to come, God. We live upon you and you alone, Father. Sit on the throne of my heart right now, God. Sit on the throne of my heart, God, and don't ever allow me to even try. Don't even let me get close to thinking I deserve to sit there. Kick me off. Realign me right now. Shape me in your ways, God. Father, I just pray the perspective of heaven to fill this room right now. The perspective of heaven to fill over every single heart in this room right now. Every single spirit in this room right now. Fill them with the perspective of heaven. The perspective that makes mountains look tiny. That makes skyscrapers look like toys, God. The worst situations, the hardest things, God. Allow the perspective of heaven to flood their hearts right now. God, give them laser focus. Focus their hearts upon the things of you. God, allow them to find sustainable joy in your word. Not in the things of this world. God, make instant gratification seem so unappealing. just ask you that you will give them the strength to be decidedly different to be okay with being different God to be okay with being shaped by heaven even if it doesn't look like those around them even if they're ridiculed God allow them to find joy in being different allow them to find joy in being ridiculed for serving you give them favor Give them favor. I thank you for your presence, God. Today, if you need prayer, we're going to open up the altar. We'll have some altar ministers on the side here. But before you go, if you just feel like you want to put some actions to your words, you know, it's really nice to say you love somebody and say you care about somebody and say you do anything for somebody but how many know all those words really don't mean anything if you don't actually do something about it right you got people say they love you so much then it's like hey i'm in a bad situation can you come help me and they're nowhere to be found so today i want to give us the opportunity to just come to the altar cast your burdens upon the lord and through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving understand that he is there for you he won't allow you to be shaken but you got to trust him got to trust him with all your heart you got to stop trying to be god got to stop worrying it's the only way can't be halfway in halfway out god i trust you but i also still need to do this to be able to go to sleep 
God, I trust you, but I'm going to stay in this nasty relationship. God, I trust you, but I got to make sure my kids are doing all the same stuff as the rest of the world so that they have drug problems too. Got to be all in. You got to be all in. So today, before you head that way, if you want to come up to the altar, cast your burdens upon him. Say, Lord, fill me up. We'll have people up here to pray for you. If you want specific prayer, that's great. If not, just come up here for a minute, spend some time in his presence. I know it's small. If you want to spend time in his presence in your seat, that's fine too. But I want to thank you for being here today. I want to remind you to live right.